Shalom, I am Alan. And I am Leontine. Alan and I are professional tour guides, friends, and immigrants to Israel. In this podcast, we talk about everything Israel and our life here. I moved to Israel, fulfilling a lifelong dream after 30 years as a trial lawyer in Memphis, Tennessee. And I have a lot to say about my homeland. And I was born in Holland, then lived and worked as a licensed tour guide in France and ended my journey living and working in Israel. Yalla, let's go! Hello, Ellen. Hello, Leontine. Shavua Tov. A uh, good week to you. And how are you? I'm doing very good. Yeah? Um, yeah, everything's great. We just got through Rosh Hashanah, and now we're coming into Yom Kippur. Yes. What and... is Yom Kippur again? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did our resolutions, and now we now we atone. Now we ask for forgiveness, yes. complete forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... so we can be inscribed in the, in the book of life. Starting tonight, right? Yes. Yes, yes. So how are you feeling for this Yom Kippur coming up? I'm feeling I'm feeling okay. Yeah. I'm feeling okay. I got a lot of work ahead of me. Um and I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the new year. And uh, you know, fasting, you know, tonight we'll start a 25-hour fast. Yeah, yeah. And um <clears throat> I'm just thinking cuz I when I started drinking coffee 5 years ago and then started increasing my 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 habit my addiction to coffee, mm. I'm drinking so much that on, I never had problems fasting. Never. All my life, I never had problems fasting during that 25-hour period. But now that I'm a coffee drinker, yes, I get these, uh, I start to have these like withdrawals yes. uh, of the coffee, the I'm caffeine, with you, man. <laughs> huh? I'm, I'm in the You're morning. If yeah. I don't get my coffee, I am in big trouble. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're not looking forward to this day. No, I, 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 I find it always to be a solemn, a good day, mm-hmm. a, a cleansing day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just gotten harder with the coffee. So yeah. I have to decide, do I want to keep drinking the coffee or do I want to you know, go back to having no headaches on, on Yom Kippur? Right. And how was your week? My week was, uh, was, was good. I, I want to share something with you because it was quite fascinating. I think our listeners will, will, be, um, will find it interesting. Is I, I, there were two gentlemen, unfortunately, uh, that passed away from my hometown of Memphis. Mm. Um, one uh, was a survivor, a Holocaust survivor, who died at 104 years old. Wow. Uh, kind of uh, just a, an incredible man. Um, and, um, and he shared his story of survival. He and his wife both survived. She's still alive and, and well, uh, thank God. At, uh, I think she's not, up in her high 90s. Um, and then another, uh, man that was very well known and contributed a tremendous, uh, contributed a tremendous part of his life to the Jewish community in Memphis. Um, Alvin, uh, Gordon, the other man was, uh, was Mr. Weinrich. I always called him, uh, Mr. Mr. Weinrich. Um, of course he had a first name and his first name was Sam, but I always called him Mr. Weinrich. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alvin, I always called Alvin cause he was just Alvin, mm. a great, great man, but both of them, he died at 94. So, you know, we say only the good die young, or at least Billy Joel said only the good die young, but sometimes good people uh, live oh, I, a long I, Billy life. Joel, I love. Uh, but yes, yes, what yes. I wanted to share with, yes, share. with our listeners is um, while both of them were very um, 
were very important in the Memphis Jewish community, uh, they were both buried in Israel. So there were two two funerals in the last week wow. um, at Jewish cemeteries. And when I go to a Jewish funeral, I think when I'm there, I'm thinking, boy, people from America would have no idea. They just, they would think that this is so, so foreign, they, that they were in a twilight zone. Uh, because when you go to a funeral in Israel, mm-hmm. first of all, it can be at all hours of the day and night yeah. into the, to the late hours of the night. Yeah. Um, Mr. Weinrich was buried at seven. In the evening. Okay. And Alvin was uh, buried at, um, actually, the chesped. The, the eulogies were given at nine. So he wasn't buried until close to midnight. Wow. Uh, so, and you see that. When you go to the cemetery uh, at nighttime, it's, it's very crowded. There, there are funerals going on. There's lighting. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that's very unusual. Were they bur- buried on Mount uh, of Olives? Uh, so one was buried not on the Mount of Olives. Uh, Alvin was buried at Har Menuchot, which is the Jerusalem yes, the uh, cemetery. And uh, Mr. Weinrich was buried at Eitz Chaim, <coughs> which is near Beit Shemesh. A okay. Beautiful, beautiful cemetery. But the idea of burying 24-7, mm-hmm. uh, not 24, actually 6, because we don't bury on Shabbat, but uh, 24 hours a day is because in Jewish custom, uh, we, bear, we try to bury, put the body in the ground, Uh, as quickly as possible after the the death. Yeah. Um, sometimes the same day. In Israel, yeah. it's often the same day. True. So if you die in the morning, you're going to be buried at seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock at yeah. night. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that 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 is just kind of shocking to to our sensibilities is when you go, uh, there is no coffin. There's no right. casket. Yes. Okay. The body's not in a casket. It's laying on a slab. With uh, covered in a shroud and and for usually covered with a talit for the men, mm. and then that you get buried in the in the shroud. Yeah. Similar to for our Christian listeners is how uh, the Jesus. tradition of yeah. Jesus's burial exactly. would have been exactly the same: ashes to ashes, dust to dust. You go back to the earth. You came from the earth. You go back to the earth. Mm. Um, and that's that that is kind of I don't know about you, how it is for you and uh, where yes. you came from, but that when I first came to Israel and I went to my first funeral, yeah. And there's also talking. Everybody's just ch- chatting. It's like yes. uh, it's a very social uh, scene. Yeah. Uh, in America, it's very, very serious. Yes. And and, uh, and everybody's quiet. And and, um, and the body's in a casket. You don't see the the no. body, the outline of the body, and it's usually between <laughs> nine to five uh, during the day. Right. Uh, exactly. Usual yeah. hours. So I just. Because I had this opportunity to go to the, the funeral, I thought I'd share that with our mm. listeners. Mm. So, yes, so, so um, I agree. That's uh, the first time I uh, attended a funeral here. It, it was, I was, uh, in, I knew, but I was in shock. I knew what was, I, what was going to happen, but I was in shock because people are actually taking the body and going into the hole with the body to put the body straight there it's it's not um in, in europe you, you know have ropes uh, around the coffin and it goes down but the people themselves that work for the cemetery don't go down into the hole but here they do so yes it's uh, something that yeah. you have to really get used to and we also have a tradition of of burying uh, everybody yeah takes the sh- shovels yeah. of dirt and yeah. buries and buries the body kind yes. of like uh, the, the 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 tradition of god Bearing Moses on on Mount uh, Mount Nebo, right? Uh, so, exactly. Um, so it's yeah, no, no, no. It's uh, something that you really have to get used to, and 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 you know what? Um, I'm going to continue on this theme because my mother passed away 
in June. We haven't talked about it, but um, yet. But now uh, <laughs> she passed away in June uh, at the age of 89. I was w- with her. Me and my brother and sister were with her when she died. And uh, in fact, as it is Yom Kippur tomorrow, during Yom Kippur services, uh, at one point there is a prayer for those who lost a parent. Uh, and it's, so it's going to be my very first time. Uh, it's called Yizkor. The Yizkor, the exactly. The Remembrance uh, yes. Service. Yes, so it's going to be my first time that I, because all those that didn't lose a parent leave the synagogue and it's very short and you, and until now I always left the synagogue and um, you know, I'm 61, soon 62, so I, I also s- often see think maybe it's just in my mind but i saw people looking at me like what why is she leaving she's already so old and so i was i was very lucky that i had my two parents still but now it will be my first mm. time that i will have to stay in the in this inside the synagogue um to remember my mother who was also a, a holocaust a shoah survivor um so uh, and so i've been thinking of this already uh, this week so that's if you ask me how was your week, so then I say, yeah, this was my week. But uh, it's um, it's very sad. But um, and I'm actually because we are recording again uh, from my apartment, and I'm actually looking at a picture of my mother with her mother and a sister. Uh, her mother was murdered during the the Shoah, uh, so it's also good to remember. So that's why this is beautiful. I think in Judaism is that there is a real place for mourning and a real time for mourning and you mourn for a whole year. So it's, which I think is great because it's very important. I think if you don't have a religion or in other religions, you're supposed to move on very quickly. And I think it's good that in Judaism, they take the time for mourning. So, those were my thoughts <laughs> for Yom Kippur. So, uh, to change the topic, uh, we are going back underground. Because as you know, as you're all very faithful listeners, we uh, uh, last few weeks, we have been talking about Jerusalem underground. We have been talking about the old city. We went underground south of the old city. And today we're going underground north of the old city and um, we're not done yet eh, because there's a lot more underground but here we are part number three underground jerusalem north so what do we have north of the old city uh one of one is in still in the old city inside the walls it's the struthian pool which is a really weird name struthian pool uh it's under the monastery of the sisters of zion do you want to talk about it? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So in um, it's on the Via Dolorosa. Um, as you start walking the Via Dolorosa, you pass by um, a small building at the corner of uh, of the little street, and there you have a monastery of the Sisters of Zion. They are um, uh, part of a bigger organization. You also have uh, monasteries with men, but here they are women. And um, you go in and then you go down, obviously, underground. 
and what do we see there? Pools. We discover there are pools where, uh, that were dug in the time of Herod, uh, Hasmonean period, maybe earlier, otherwise the time of Herod, because when Herod came into power, there uh, he enlarged the Temple Mount. The temple itself became much bigger and more beautiful. And you had a lot of, I would say, religious tourism. So a lot of Jews would come from all over the world doing their sacrificing and burning the offers. So it was um, bloody and dust and ashes. So the place needed to be cleaned every day. Uh, but there was no water nearby. So Herod and uh would, ah, the Hasmoneans and before the, him the, too exactly though. the Hasmoneans and Herod they um brought water into Jerusalem with aqueducts uh, draining uh, water sources outside the city and then the water was stored in big pools all around the temple mount and so we have a few pools uh, north of the temple mount and the Struthian pool is one of them uh, it is uh, there is a very nice story of this British um, archaeologist discoverer who found it, and actually he found it uh, the pool, uh, let's say on the other side of the street. There was water in it, so there's a nice legend that he went on a piece of wood, and it was all pitch dark, of course, eh, when they found the pools, and he started to um, uh, to 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 navigate to the other side of the pool and found himself under the monastery that was already there. And a nun uh, went down to pour some water and she saw a man uh, on top of the water and she screamed. Next day he came back and actually the place was walled. So she, the nuns, I don't know if it's Not true. Not to let the ghost of, uh, no, that was right. actually uh, uh, Charles Warren. Exactly. Warren, who also found the shaft in the city of David. He found the shaft. shaft. You know what else he was famous for, Charles Warren? Uh, Gates, right? You no, know, he, was, he, was he was the chief of Scotland Yard, and he, ah, yes. he went looking for uh, Jack the Ripper for the rest of his true. life. Of course, they never found yeah. him or her, Jack the Ripper. No, no, no. Exactly. But Charles they did Warren. I want this guy, Charles Warren, yeah. ever floating on a on a, a door, a piece of wood, yes. uh, into their monastery. Into the monastery. So actually the Struthian pools, they can be visited from two sides. So the side um, that you end, then you end the visit walking along the Western Wall, and then you end at the Struthian pool, and then it's true, it's blocked, there is a wall. And then you can also go into the Sisters of Zion uh, monastery, and then you visit the other side of the pool. So... Um, and and they also found there um, a, a, a pavement stone of a street of a, from the time of Jesus. And in that pavement stone, you have a game. Um, how do you call it when you cut into the stone? Sto cut into the stone? It's like engraving. Engraving, yes. Yeah. Engraving in the stone, which is very symbolic because um, we can imagine that the soldiers that were guarding Jesus before um, he was going to walk with the cross, they were guarding him and they got very bored and they were playing games in the pavement. So that's some of the things that you see there as well. Yeah, I, I, I find it, I love that site yeah. because I love going underground. You know, you talk about Jerusalem and the different periods and it's hard when you're guiding to give someone a picture of the different periods of Jerusalem, because the Jerusalem you see, the old city of Jerusalem you see today is more from the Mamluk and the Ottoman period from, from let's say, the 16th, 15th, 14th, 15th and 16th century up right. until today. Uh, but there are many levels and levels and levels beyond. Like a cake. Uh, it's mm. like a cake. Like I always croissant. say it's like an onion. You just keep peeling yeah. it. Yeah. 
but uh, so you're walking down the Via Della Rosa and you see a, a modern church from the late 1800s, okay, early 1900s, and you go in and you go down into the the bowels of the monastery and you mm. come to those those levels of that cake because you go back to as you said the Hasmonean period. That's 2,300 years ago. Yeah. That's the, the the Greek Hellenistic period. Yeah, and then you and you see you see the ruins from the Struthian Pulleys at that time that would have been open to the sky. And then you'll see um, the the time of Herod. Mm. You see the Roman period at the time of Herod. And then you see the Roman period from the time of Hadrian. Yeah. Going back 2,000 yes. years ago. Yes, Hadrian, yes. the road that you see there with the, the game? Lithostratus game, uh, the ins- engraving on the, on the floor is actually from the time of Hadrian, and you can see Hadrian's triumphant arch. Yes, yes, in the church. Below. All this yes. underground. I mean, yeah. it's it wasn't underground two thousand years ago, but now you're seeing underneath the church, the Hadrian's arch, the Hadrian Road, the the Herodian uh, stones, the pool from the Hasmonean period. Mm. Um, so I just I, I find it to be an incredible, and there's a whole world yeah. down below, and you can tell the story of Charles Warren coming through uh, as if to be a ghost from yeah. the. The By the side. way, this, just so you know, it's not underground, but it is at the Sisters of Zion. You know that uh, a group can book a lunch there. Did you know that? I did not know yeah. that. So um, I've I've had a few French uh, Catholic groups that um, had lunch there. It's on the the restaurant is on the almost at the rooftop, and after lunch you you go one. Um, it's at the same floor. Anyway, it's up. And then at the end, you can get coffee. It's just Nescafe coffee, very simple. But you're in on the terrace. And from the terrace of the Sisters of Sign, you have an amazing view. Ah, it's probably yeah. a similar view as the Austrian yes. uh, hospice. Exactly. It's right yeah. next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, ah, it's quite that, amazing. That's good to know. Yeah. And um, the I think I booked a lunch there one. And it's always the, the same. You get like a salad. And then chicken with rice. And then a little dessert. It's very simple. But it's uh, it's it's good it's okay um so that's about the sisters of zion the sisters of zion are also famous for education uh they are so schools you, when you come out of their basement and yeah. you come into the continue via de la rosa mm-hmm. you want to keep going north keep yeah. going north to, to the damascus to the, gate damascus and gate. we were talking you were talking about an arc of triumph so what do uh, we see uh there another one yeah wow so, i love it yeah you, yes. you this time you have to go out of the walls of the city that were constructed by Suleiman the Magnificent um, in the 16th century. And uh, so when you're facing, you come out of the Damascus gate and you turn around and you face the gate and the walls of the old city, uh, you, you, you can see the, the walls from, from the 16th century, but that you have to look below. Right. And what do you see? You see. So you see, um, Actually, there, I, I really love to go there because there you can really explain to people how Jerusalem was built on levels. Because when you stand outside the walls, you look at the Damascus Gate and you tell people to turn around and you you have staircases going up to the street level. So then I tell people, people you see there is the level of Jerusalem today. Deep down, you go down, 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 down. You are in the 1500s in front of the Damascus Gate. And then you look down again, and then you go to the second century, so 130, 35 years after the year zero. That's the level you're looking at. So you see three different levels, and you can see how big the difference is. There you can really see what happened to Jerusalem. Each time it was destroyed, they would build on top of the 
uh, rubble, the remnants. Um, so you see when you look down, you you can and sometimes it's open. You can even go inside. You see an um, Ark of Triumphs. They were built with three uh, arches: a small one, a higher one, and another small one uh, next to it. And this one was built by Hadrian after he won uh, against uh, the second revolt of the Jews against the Romans. And uh, he wanted to celebrate this victory, built uh, Ark of Triumph at one of the entrances of Jerusalem. And you can, so it is an Ark of Triumph, but it is also a gatehouse from the second century. And when you go in, you, you visit, you see the, 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 the huge columns of uh, Hadrian and um, you can see the inside of the gatehouse. So it's... Very impressive. Have you been inside? Yeah. So when you go inside, it's they've actually started opening it more and more. Yeah. Uh, when you go inside, because I call it the Roman Gate and the, the Gate of Hadrian and the Plaza, because you can actually walk in and mm. see the 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 stones of the Plaza. Yes. From that time, the Plaza that that the Arab, you know, the Gate of Damascus is called the Damascus Gate. It's called the 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 Nablus Gate. It's called the Shem Gate because it's going off towards. Uh, Shem, which is today um, Nablus, mm -hmm. and it's going off to Nablus, which is ancient Shem. Uh, it's also called um, the Gate of the Pillar. Yeah. Because there was a pillar at the time of this uh, Roman gate. So when you go in, you can actually see um, the remains of that Roman uh, courtyard. Yeah. So you just, it's like stepping back 2,000 years, um, again, underground, underneath the wall of Suleiman and the wall, the, the gate that Suleiman built, the yeah. beautiful Damascus gate. Exactly. It's, it is a very beautiful gate. By the way, why it was called the, the gate of the pillar? Because there was a huge pillar standing there with Hadrian on top of it. So you enter it uh, through the Ark of Triumph and then through the gate and then you looked up and you saw the guy. He was, he was not, he's not our favorite emperor, I guess, for the Jews of Jerusalem, but he... There is a very famous uh, French writer who wrote a book about him, Hadrian, which is like, very famous. It's a classic. But anyway, so that's um, Damascus Gate. And then there is another place very close by. So you, you are outside the city walls and you start heading towards the east. You head east. And then? Not very far. Yeah. What do you, uh, what do you so have you, there? So you head east. You walk about probably... <clears throat> maybe a hundred meters, mm -hmm. not even, mm -hmm. uh, and you'll come to a, another entry going underneath the modern city of today into what has become known or what was known in ancient times as the Solomon's quarries, or it has another name. Do you remember the other name? It's called, and, and, and I, I haven't figured out why, it's called uh, Zedekiah's Cave. Right. I don't know why um, either. But the, the relevance of it, and I think this is a great place to take kids, because it's it's just massive. You it walk is. into um, it's these like quarries. a grotto, yeah. But it looks like a grotto, I would say. Uh, you could, yeah. It, it's a grotto, and it's. I mean, it goes on and yeah. on and on, and it's it's the quarries from yeah. three thousand years ago. Um, the the tradition, the legend is, is that's where Solomon uh, quarried the stone to build the first temple in Jerusalem, uh, almost three thousand years ago. And then where Herod will come to quarry stone for the construction or reconstruction of the second temple mm -hmm. 2,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then where Suleiman the Magnificent, the ruler of the Ottoman Turkish Empire, 
will quarry stone to build the very walls that stand upon the quarry, the walls of the old city that we see today. Yeah. And the Damascus Gate. That was the, where the, the limestone yeah, was quarried from. Yeah, which makes sense because why take the stone from far away? Because once you cut it, you have to bring it. So it makes sense that they did it on the spot. Exactly. It's, today, it's, I, don't, I don't know if you know because mm-hmm. you've been away. They just reopened it. Yeah. You know, they closed it and now they've reopened yeah. it with a big... A sound and light uh, show. Ah, I didn't uh, that know tells that. Tells the story of the quarries. I haven't gone yet. Mm. Uh, just recently opened, and I can't wait to go. Yeah. I can't wait to take people there. Yes, uh, because I think these underground sites are are amazing. Kind of yes, cool. Now there is a bit of mystery. I think um, Freemasons uh have a particular link to this place. Uh, it's and Freemasonry is kind of a secret. Um, congregation or religion or something so it's not very clear what they do there but i do know that they they meet there every time and i've had um once or twice uh, french uh people that told me they were freemason and they wanted to visit so um but then when when they came it was closed so we couldn't go but i know there is a link between uh, the cave so that makes it even more more juicier juicier um there is a link between that cave and the freemasons so that's uh that's another one. So we have a lot more to talk about uh, underground uh, underground Jerusalem. So we'll come back uh, with chapter number four in a, in a few weeks. Um, but in the meantime, we are now arriving at the question. The question this week comes from Angela from Rye, New York. Um, and she... And it's uh, it's actually completing what you were just uh, telling. She is asking if Israel is a kid-friendly place to visit. So I my qu- answer is yes, a big yes. Angela, heck yeah. <laughs> okay, first of all, this is a very small country with a lot of different um, uh, demographic, just a lot of different areas. You have mountains, you have uh, desert, you have uh, sea. seas. Um so it's just like one big playground. Um, so you can go swimming, you can go caving, you can go rappelling, you can go jeep riding, uh, you can go into the sea, you can go body surfing, you can do uh, sliding off the dunes. Do, what do you do it with the with the sand yes. dunes? Yes. You can. Uh, there's so many activities for children of all ages, uh, and of course we have the underground world of Jerusalem that you can go crawling through and. And, yeah. and exploring you, have you can a, do sifting the sifting project yeah. of archaeology yeah. you can do dig for a day you can actually participate in an active dig uh, around the area of Beit Shemesh at Beit Guvrim Mare Shah yeah. um, there's just so many things that, that children can do and learn um, so it's not just all about religion and, and history it's also fun yes and yeah. then I know that your specialty is uh, buying them ice cream <laughs> ah, always ice cream. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but only if they answer the questions correctly. <laughs> oh, ah, okay. There is a condition. Okay, okay. So yes, 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 yes. The answer is yes. Very kid friendly. So uh, I think that is it for the day. Um, um, I, so I wish tomorrow, you a very have a, yeah. Have a easy fast, you too. And um, easy and I'm meaningful. sorry about your mom, and uh, but I think it'll be a nice reflection. And yes, the, the memories that you that you have will. We'll carry you it will through. be comforting. Yes. Exactly. Okay. See right. you next week. Okay. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Yala Israel. Send your questions by email at yalaisraelpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at yalaisraelpodcast. This podcast was made possible with the help of Leia Kramer, our editor, Elliot Musus, our musician, and Shai Aloni, our cover art designer. <laughs>